Hello and welcome to Messages from First United Methodist Brookings, Brookings First United Methodist Church's new podcast. I'm Sam Becker, the church's worship tech and media director. This podcast is a full audio version of the sermon and scripture from each week's service for those who prefer to listen in a portable audio format. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Pete Grassow on April 25th, 2021. You can watch the entire service on our website, brookingsmethodist.org, and on our Facebook page at Brookings First United Methodist Church. Now, here's Pastor Pete with a difficult conversation about leadership. So today I want to take us to a story, a story of a father-in-law who made his son-in-law into one of the greatest leaders in religious history. More specifically, Moses would not have been the leader he was without his father-in-law's coaching. Moses, who's recognized across the three great religious traditions of Christianity and Judaism and Islam, Moses, who we often look to as this amazing leader, we forget the influence that his father-in-law had in his life. Moses' father-in-law was Jethro. Jethro, who was a Midianite priest, who had given shelter to Moses when he fled Pharaoh's palace into the desert and discovered that Moses took more than shelter because Moses married his daughter as well. Then God calls Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, and Moses succeeds spectacularly. He crosses the Red Sea. He leads the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, And Jethro goes to meet his son-in-law. But the tables have been turned, because no longer is it the penniless Moses coming in search of shelter. This time, it is Moses, the leader of thousands, who welcomes his father-in-law into his command center. It is Moses who offers Jethro hospitality. So we pick up the story. I'm taking us to Exodus chapter 18 as we read of the encounter between Moses and Jethro. The next day Moses sat as judge for the people while the people stood around him from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone while all the people stand around you from morning until evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire about God. When they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make known to them the statutes and the instructions of God. Moses' father-in-law said to him, 
What you're doing is not good. You will surely wear yourself out, both of you and these people with you. For the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. So let's unpack what's going on here. The father-in-law wants to give his son-in-law advice. Can I check with you, how well do you get on with your in-laws? Or more specifically, how well did you receive advice from your father-in-law? I see some of you nudging people who sit next to you. Or are you the father-in-law who's inclined to dish out advice to the, to the kids? You see, to complicate matters, when Moses met his wife, he was penniless. He needed the shelter. He, he owned nothing. He was fleeing for his life. But now, but now Moses is the great leader. And there's a sense in which his father-in-law knocks on his door and says to him, Hey son, I want to give you some advice about how to lead these people. And it's at this moment that the difficult conversation happens. Which is the title of our preaching series. Today we're beginning a new preaching series entitled Difficult Conversations. Recognizing that you and I are living in times where we are involved in many difficult conversations. Right now in the United States and across the world, there are many difficult conversations that are taking place. We're emerging from a year of COVID-19 and a season of elections and masks and vaccinations. And the last six weeks has seen a season of mass shootings and police shootings. And we are faced with a difficult conversation about what kind of people we want to be. And, and I believe we as a church are not exempt from such conversations. And so we begin a series today... And as Krista mentioned, there is a booklet available that you can pick up either in the Narthex or from the office, or you can find it online, where we look at six difficult conversations in the Bible and learn from how the people of Scripture navigate conversations that are hard. And I hope in looking at them, we can learn something about conducting our own conversations today. Today's difficult conversation is about what makes a good leader. I do want to, in a sense, lead us through some principles of leadership. Things that make a good leader. There are many leaders, there are many people out there who are leaders, they're not necessarily good leaders. 
So allow me to put some stuff on the table and you can pick through it as you see fit. I do believe, I do believe that the beginning of all difficult conversations is respect for the person that you're talking to. Jethro comes to meet with Moses, but he doesn't just intrude. Exodus 18 verse 6 tells us that Jethro sends a message to Moses and says, Can I come and visit you? And then we are told, when he arrives, Moses greets Jethro with respect. We are told he bows down and kisses him as is expected in that culture. You see, difficult conversations can only work if there is mutual respect between the people who are talking to one another. Respect doesn't imply agreement, but it does ask that the humanity of each other are seen and respected. I, I want to speak out of my own context. I am a South African, and this coming Tuesday, we have a national holiday in South Africa, which reminds us of the moment when we came together as a nation. In 1994, we managed to get the leaders of the different political parties to agree to vote for a new constitutional democracy, which required mutual respect. There was lots of disagreement. But Nelson Mandela, who, who helped steer the process, summed it up like this. We are marching to a new future based on a sound basis of respect. If you're willing to respect the humanity of someone else, you can navigate many difficult conversations. When you do not recognize the humanity of someone else, it's going to be very hard to move a conversation forward. It's not necessary to agree to be respectful, but if there's no respect, there is no way to have a difficult conversation. Not only do we need respect, we also need a willingness to listen. When we look at Moses, we discover Moses is willing to allow Jethro to give advice. He puts his ego in his pocket. Moses could so easily have said to Jethro, have you not noticed what a great leader I am? I have just led thousands of people out of Egypt. I must be a good leader. But he doesn't do that. He literally steps back and gives Jethro the space to say the thing he needed to say And it is a tough thing, moving from being the, the, the leader of the liberation to being the leader who manages the people. History is littered with stories of successful revolutionaries who've discovered they know they're not so good at running the new order. That hotshot young genius who invents a new product for the company becomes the CEO and destroys the company. And so Jethro then has this conversation with Moses. So take us back to Scripture. Exodus 18 from verse 19. You should represent the people before God 
and you should bring their case before God. Teach them the statutes and instructions and make known to them the way they are to go and the things they are to do. You should also look for able men among all the people, men who fear God, are trustworthy, and hate dishonest gain. Set such men over them as officers over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them sit as judges for the people at all times. Let them bring every important case to you, but decide every minor case themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. Jethro, suggesting to Moses that Moses needs to learn to share his leadership. The task of Moses to spend time in prayer and reflection and setting direction, delegate to leaders the task of holding the nation together. Which, which really leads me into my third point, that no one leads alone. Right now, we live in a world that is dazzled by what is called big leader syndrome where we constantly look for the key leader who will solve all our problems. Let's appoint someone to lead us out of this mess, as if there is some big leader out there who can do it for us. And in the process, we hand over all the decision-making to a Moses, or to a president, or to a governor, or a mayor, or a pastor, as if they alone have all the gifts and all the abilities and we sit back and have the right to criticize the way they do it. And in the process, we abdicate our responsibility before God to participate in sharing the vision and the burden of leading. We are all the family of God. We all do it together. So let me sum up. I do think the story of Moses and Jethro can teach us three things. That first of all, we need to be respectful. And my personal observation says it feels like we've lost our capacity to respect each other. People shout at each other in stores, and people shout at each other in the legislature and in Congress. And most of all, people shout at each other on social media. It is appalling the way people address each other. We have absolutely forgotten capacity to be respectful. Disagree by all means, but do it with respect. And so I'm inviting us to learn from Jethro and Moses. They didn't shy away from the difficult conversation, but they had it respectfully. Secondly, I do believe we need to be humble. Behind every Moses, there is a Jethro. Behind every great leader is somebody who schooled her or him. Nobody becomes a good leader unless they're willing to take advice. We need to learn to listen to others. Even if you're a senior member of society, even if you're a very important somebody in your family and you're tempted to say, how dare you? If we're not willing to receive advice, we are diminished 
for that. And again, I see many who offer criticism, far fewer who are willing to receive it. Which takes me to my third leadership lesson. Remember your team. I thought the best way to do it is to tell a story. It's a story of the junior league coach who was having a difficult conversation with one of his players. There came a point in the game where the coach called timeout and called one of his young players aside and said, do you understand what cooperation is? And the little boy nodded in the affirmative. Do you understand what matters is whether we win or lose together as a team? And again, the little boy nodded, yes. Coach continued, I'm sure you also know when a foul is called, you shouldn't argue or curse or attack the referee or call him bad names. Do you understand that? And again, the little boy nodded. And he continued, and when I take you out the game so that another boy gets a chance to play, it is not good sportsmanship to call your coach a dumb moron, is it? And the little boy nodded. Good, said the coach. Now go over there and explain that all to your mother. <laughs> you see, good leadership works when we do it together as a team. Pastor Krista and I will provide leadership for this church. But we are also part of a team of leaders. And, and we are grateful for the different committees that help us do the work of the Lord. We celebrate the trustees and the finance team and the worship team and the education team. We celebrate our church ad council. The fact that we work together as a team. And when we speak about the difficult conversations that lie ahead of us, the two of us will provide leadership through those conversations, but at the same time, we will do it together with others who are on the team. We, we recognize that we need to keep talking about how we gather safely. What timelines we need for reopening our church. And what we want to look like in the future. Because there's no doubt that this past year has changed us, all of us. And we will look different in the future. We will not be going back to, to the way things were in the past. Because we are not the same people from a year ago. Uh, one little example. We have been meeting at 10 a.m. for a year. And we've grown a large online congregation that meet with us each week. Many people who don't even live here in Brookings. This is not going away. We need to dream together about the new normal. And you are all on this team. Please be part of the difficult conversations that lie ahead of us as we dream about what this Brookings First United Church will look like going forward. 
Join us over the next few weeks. Listen to the different stories from Scripture that give us examples about how to conduct difficult conversations and learn those skills for ourselves that when you have difficult conversations in the church or whether you have difficult conversations in your family or whether you have difficult conversations with your neighbor, we can be guided by some biblical principles that give us a foundation for being Jesus in our community. We desperately need examples of Jesus to provide stability and direction for our homes, our neighborhoods, for our city, and obviously here in the church as well. Have I said enough? Am I making sense here? So I offer us today Joseph, uh, Jethro, and Moses, and I invite you to learn from them. We will offer you more stories in the next few weeks and pray that we will grow into the kind of people who can handle difficult conversations but handle them in ways that model, that model the love and the kindness and the compassion of Jesus. Now let's just hold a moment of silence. And in this silence, I am wondering whether we could ask the question, so what is God saying to me? Let's just be still for a moment. What is God saying to me? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from First United Methodist Brookings. To get every message delivered to you, subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get yours, and be sure to watch for new podcasts from us launching in the coming months. You can find information about our services and outreach on our website at brookingsmethodist.org and on our Facebook page, Brookings First United Methodist Church. On behalf of the pastors of Brookings First United Methodist Church, thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast was produced by Sam Becker on behalf of First United Methodist Church in Brookings, South Dakota. Intro and outro music was performed by our praise team under CCLI license number 936719, streaming plus license number 21039161. Visit brookingsmethodist.org for more information.